power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for an opportunity to sit at your feet. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Let the heavens be opened upon us this morning. Let your word have free course to work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you are happy to be in church this morning? We bless God. Amen. So this morning I'm going to preach. Hallelujah. <laughs> and um, how many of you have been concerned about people's or somebody's opinion or you before how many of you have been concerned let me see you by hand how many of you have been concerned all right okay today i'm going to preach to you what i've entitled who do men say that i am <laughs> who do men say that i am And I'm taking my text from uh, the book of Matthew, the chapter number 16. Matthew chapter 16. And I'm reading from the verse 13. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Now, this is Jesus asking for feedback from his disciples. He said, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, say, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Hallelujah. And then verse 14. It says, And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias. Elias is the same as Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Next verse. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar Jonah. Bar in Hebrew means son of. Alright. That means Peter's father was called Jonah. So when he said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. He's saying, Blessed art thou, Simon, son of Jonah. Alright? So, Barjona was like his surname. So what do you think Jesus' surname would be? Bar God. <laughs> Bar you see for something. Alright? Yes. So when you see Bar anywhere, it means son of. He said, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. Verse 18. He said, and I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 19. 
And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. Now, this is a situation where we find even the Son of God, the greatest preacher to have walked on the surface of this earth, the only sinless man we know, asking for feedback on what people thought of him. Hallelujah. Now, there are a lot of times we make statements like, it is only what God thinks of us that is important. Haven't we heard that before? I'm sure you've even said it before. That is only what God thinks of me that matters. I don't care what anybody thinks. But when you talk like that, it either means you don't have any vision of making any impact in life or that your vision is too small. Let me take it again. When you talk like that, that you don't care what men think about you. It's only what God thinks about you that matters. It means you either don't have any vision of making any impact in this life or your vision is too small. You must be concerned about what people think of you. Hallelujah. You must be concerned about what God thinks of you and you must also be concerned about what people think of you. If you are going to influence people, if you are going to make any impact at all, because people's opinion of you is what will determine whether or not they listen to what you have to say. Whether or not they accept what you have to say. That's why I like to say you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So when you get the chance to make the first impression, you make it, you make it strong. Hallelujah. Because first impressions have a tendency of lasting forever. It's difficult to wipe away a first impression. Now, when we look into the scriptures, we have scriptures that seem to suggest that, yes, it is God's opinion that matters. We don't please men. And people rely on these scriptures and they make statements like that. But you see, the Bible is very holistic. Hallelujah. I'll show you other scriptures that also point to the fact that you must be wary of what men think of you. Amen. Sometimes we take just one aspect of scripture. We look at it from one angle and we build things upon it. But the Bible is very holistic. Amen. I had one politician in an interview recently saying that when people go to church and they are speaking in tongues and doing hiribaba, hiribaba, hiribaba. There is no sense in it because on the day of Pentecost, when the people spoke in tongues, those who were around heard what they said and understood. And that the Baba, nobody understands. So it's all useless. So people should stop doing these things and rather work and get money. Hallelujah. But he has also forgotten, or maybe he doesn't know, that there's a portion of scripture that also says that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, for no man understands him. So does it mean the Bible is contradicting itself? No. Wherever you see something that looks like a contradiction in the Bible, most of the time it is actually the fact that there are two types or two of the thing. So this one, the Pentecost tongues was one type of tongue. 
and then the one Paul was also talking about was another type of tongue. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean there's a contradiction. All it means is that there are two different types. So when you look at something from one angle, you form your opinions, you form your doctrines around it, and you can very easily go into error. Let's look at what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. My aim at the end of this short sermon is that you'll be balanced in your thinking where this matter is concerned. Hallelujah. You'll be concerned primarily about what God thinks of you, but you also must be concerned about what people think of you. Because you are supposed to be an ambassador of Christ. You are supposed to be a representative of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. Therefore do I now persuade men or God or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Hallelujah. So you can take a statement like this and say that it doesn't matter what people think of you. It is pleasing God that is important. This is Paul speaking. All right. Let's, let's look at NLT for that one. Maybe it will bring the meaning home easier. He said, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So somebody can look at this scripture and conclude that you, you don't have to do anything for any human being. It is all for God. Alright? Let's look at John chapter 12. Verse 43. John 12, 43. John chapter 12, verse 43. It says... For they love human praise more than the praise of God. Alright? It's talking about those who love human praise more than the praise of God. I mean, if you are like that too, it is a problem. Hallelujah. Where all you are looking for is approval from human beings. But then if you read Romans chapter 2 verse 24. Romans chapter 2 verse 24. It says, No wonder the scriptures say that the Gentiles blaspheme the name of God because of you so in this particular case we are talking about people who because of how they live or the things that they do or the opinions the Gentiles have of them they blaspheme the name of God so he's trying to tell us that in certain or under certain circumstances it's important for us to think about what people will think it's important for us to consider what others will think hallelujah you see in, in Christianity and in ministry, one of the things I'm going to teach at the School of Ministry, when we get into the second module, which is more of the practical, right now we are doing a lot of theological things, doctrinal stuff. When we enter the second module, when I'm teaching practical ministry, how to win souls, how to cast out devils, how to minister in the spirit, things like that. One of the things I'm going to teach you is equality in ministry anybody who will make any impact in ministry must have which is adaptability somebody say adaptability Paul said to the Jew I became a Jew and for the ones that are not Jews too I became like you must have the ability to adapt hallelujah that's why there are some people they can make an impact in a, in a certain environment you put them in another environment same anointing it will not work preaching, worship you can lift some songs here it will work perfectly let's put you in another environment same instrumentalists probably even better sound same backers, same song list and there will be no impact 
Hallelujah. It's called adaptability. It's not that you are doing the thing because of the men and not God. You know, sometimes we think, oh, um, um, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. So even if it's ministry, it's unto the Lord. Yes, it's unto the Lord. But it's human beings you are ministering to. Hallelujah. If you go to Church of Pentecost, there are certain kinds of songs you must raise if you are going to lead worship there. And that is what is going to work. It's called adaptability. Hallelujah. There was a time I was going to preach in a crusade somewhere. I went a day before my turn. There were different preachers on the different days. I went a day before because it was a new environment and I wanted to study how best to communicate with them. The one who preached on the day I went was doing a lot of, you know, exposition and a lot of, you know, the kind of thing that we work in Accra here. And people, yeah, you know, very deep stuff. And, uh, and people were just looking at him like, Charlie, hurry up and let us go home. They were seeing them. It was on a football pitch. Big, good number of people. They were just in a hurry to finish. And now the altar call, very, very few people came forward. So I picked a lesson that, no, these people, this is not the kind of thing that will work for them. So when I got there, I decided I won't preach for long. I just picked my scriptures from for this cause the son of God was revealed that he may destroy the works of the enemy preach 15 minutes I had a very good interpreter too that day 15 minutes I finished I said let us stand I told them leave your chairs come into the middle of the park hey the speed <laughs> and we started the prayer oh man what a service oh if they didn't want to go home I told them I realized they enjoyed the praises power so when we finished, I said, let us end with praises. Oh, man, come and see. The host pastors and things on the platform, they were like, ah, you, we should have brought you from day one. Somebody say adaptability. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not that you are doing it for human beings, oh, but you are ministering to human beings. You are ministering to human beings. Who do men say that I am? When it comes to people's opinions of you, I'll show you four different categories of opinions and how to deal with them. When they come. Sometimes when you hear certain things about you, it can be painful. How many of you have been there before? Something naturally, ah, me bah, and they are attributing this kind of thing to me. But you see, as human beings, we can suffer from delusion. Somebody say delusion. There are a lot of Christians that are deluded. What they think they are, that's not what they really are. And sometimes your opinion of yourself is formed by the people who are around you. They say in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man rules. If you are surrounded by blind people and you have one eye, you may feel like you are yeah, you are you are the champion. And so you can have an exalted opinion of yourself. It's called delusion. I've told you a story before. There was, there was somebody who really thought she could sing. That some people, sometimes when I watch some of these auditions for American idols and these things that they do, I'm like, this is an epidemic of delusion. Like, you shouldn't even be 100 meters near the place they are doing the audition. Me, even me, 
<laughs> and some of them go and stand there and it's like like you really believe you will go through and they'll put you on the platform and we watch you and vote for you we won't waste our credit they raise the song and it is somewhere kill flat keys that don't exist sometimes those things add comic relief to the whole thing but but human beings are deluded Christians are deluded someone who came to tell me that people envy her because of her voice I heard that sing. I was like, <laughs> is there another voice somewhere that you are hiding or it is weird? Okay. If it's this one here, then it's delusion. These are people who from her childhood. All the churches she attends, it's like people envy her. And people don't like her. Just because, I'll say, well, maybe they don't like you because your voice is not too good. <laughs> Human beings are deluded. And for this reason, sometimes it's good to have feedback. Because you, you'll be living in your own fool's paradise. Thinking you are somewhere that you are not. Hallelujah. So sometimes when people think they are at some level and they hear things contrary, out of pride, they become offended. But don't be offended. Hallelujah. Sit down and do some introspection and see whether what they are saying is true or not. Delusion. The Bible says none of you should think more highly of himself than he should. That means it's, it's possible for you to think of yourself more highly. Offense in ministry, and most of the time, is because people think more highly of themselves than they should. People go to serve God with their reputations ahead of them. Mm, that is what causes offense. They believe they are somebody, so they should be treated like somebody. And be accorded the necessary courtesies as somebody. But you see, if you go far in ministry, eh, you have to strip yourself of every reputation. And that is exactly what Jesus did. The Bible said he stripped himself of every reputation. He humbled himself unto death, even the death on the cross. Look at Jesus' CV. King of kings, Lord of lords, this and that, anointed one. Every human being was created by fusion between an egg and a sperm. He alone, immaculate conception. I mean, the, the man was, was in a class of his own, but he stripped himself of that reputation so he could do ministry. Hallelujah. Even as human as he was, eh, there were times when he was tempted to show people who he really is. When they came to arrest him and things and blah, blah, blah. And he said, I can call on my father to bring 6,000 legions. Like, but then, <laughs> say, but then, <laughs> hallelujah. We, we should guard against delusion. That is why feedback from people is important sometimes. Who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I am? As your pastor, I can easily get deluded and assume everybody loves me. Yesterday, I was, I was chatting with somebody, and he, he was like, I had a meeting with some people. And one of them has said, Dr. Leslie, can I ask you a question? He said, what is your secret? Why is it that everybody loves you like that? I was like, eh, <laughs> you think so? <laughs> you will be shocked that some people who are wishing they will hear crap that I'm dead. Oh, yeah. 
No, no, you can't be there and everybody loves you like that. It's not possible. Get that into your head. Especially those of you who are in ministry. Accept the fact that not everybody will be enthused by your ministry. Not everybody will be moved by your ministry. It doesn't mean you are not called. It doesn't mean you are not anointed. God has probably not called you for those people. There are men of God, I know they are anointed, but I'm not attracted to their ministry. I won't buy their, uh, their messages and listen to, I won't push to go and listen to their messages. Probably because they are for some other people and not me. It doesn't change the fact that they are anointed and called by God. If you have that at the back of your mind, you will do ministry with a lot of peace. Because if you expect everybody to be happy about your sermons, everybody to love your style of worship, everybody to like your, 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 your song choices, there are people who love it. And they are the ones you are probably called to. Hallelujah. Yeah. Have that at the back of your mind. There are a lot of people who are, who are depressed serving God. All because they, they are too fixated on total acceptance. You can never have total acceptance. Even the, the, the sinless Jesus, the faultless Jesus, he had those who didn't like his ministry. Now that I told you that, the Bible said some people left Jesus. They didn't like, they left, assuming it was a church, they left his church. They left his church. He didn't throw a tantrum. Hallelujah. He didn't throw a tantrum. So feedback on what people think of you is important. And I'll show you what you do very soon when you hear things about yourself. When people say things. The opposite of being deluded is having an inferiority complex. Sometimes feedback can help you to get rid of inferiority complex. Sometimes eh, you are good, but you don't see yourself as being good. And today, may God open your eyes to the good qualities he has placed in your life. There are people who think they are ugly. Because they alone know what they see when they look into the mirror. If you look into the mirror and your mouth is crooked, it is the mirror. It's not you. It's the mirror that has a problem. Not all mirrors are correct, though. Was the time I looked into some mirror, I, I, I went somewhere and I slept there. I looked into the mirror and it was as if my mouth was like this. It's like this one, it is not me. I refuse it in the name of Jesus. The problem is the mirror. It is not me. Inferiority complex. People feel inferior to others simply because they pay attention to other people's strengths. That, that is the cause of inferiority complex. They pay attention to other people's strengths. They pay attention to people's educational levels. They pay attention to people's looks. They pay attention to people's financial capabilities. They pay attention to people's height, people's color. And you see, there's no clear definition for beauty. That's why somebody said, look, don't worry yourself. Beauty, it is in the eyes of the beholder. There's no clear definition that you must be tall and be this, or you must be short and be this, or you must be medium. And when you interview, if you pick the ladies right now and you, you carry out a survey, what their idea of a handsome man is, it won't be one description they'll give you. You'll be shocked what some people consider as. I know somebody in this church, eh? her wish is that she'll find a man who loves God, but is very yo yo and even has Rasta. 
<laughs> He's hiding her face. <laughs> that is her view. I'm sure another lady is saying, Rasta, Kai. That is what she likes. Say Rasta. You know, when you see the, 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 the black Americans and stuff like that, they are Rasta, they've held their head, but Charlie, they are in the spirit. That was the kind of guy she likes. Say, oh, she did a tie and those kind of things, gentlemen. Doesn't move it. <laughs> it doesn't move it. People have different views. So if you are a lady and you are slim, be happy with your slimness. Because you are somebody's speck. If you have a little body, be happy with it because it is somebody's speck. And a gentleman, if you know it's slim, you like go for slim. Don't go for somebody with body and force it to lose weight. You are changing somebody's speck. You understand? You are altering somebody's specs. So leave that one for the one for whom that is his spec. And go for the one that you like. Don't come and put unnecessary pressure. Everybody has their natural weight. You can do whatever you do. If you leave yourself two, three, four, five, six, seven days, you will come back to your natural. Hey. Hallelujah. Look, let's stop battling with this inferiority complex thing. I watched a documentary on DSTV. It was a documentary on overweight people. Like overweight, I'm talking 200 kilograms and things. People who can't get out of bed and all of that. A woman who was morbidly obese, she couldn't do anything for herself. Her husband too was obese like her. And she got an opportunity to do a bypass surgery. You know that thing they do to reduce the size of the stomach so that you can lose weight. The husband was fighting against it. He said, no, that's how he likes his wife. There's somebody who can't even get out of bed. No, no, the interview, he was being very frank. He said, that is what turns him on. If she becomes slim, he won't feel attracted to her. And so they shouldn't do the surgery. Uh-huh. So however God created you, you are somebody's speck. Yeah, somebody's back. There are people who are so addicted to makeup, they can't come out without makeup. There are people who are not comfortable with their skin tone, their color. So when that cream gets finished, they have to move heaven and earth to go and get a replacement. Otherwise, the real color will start coming. Say mercy. <laughs> That's something when they get a visitor, oh, this is not. They have to polish their face before coming because of inferiority complex. They think they are ugly. But today I want you to know that you are beautifully and wonderfully and, and superfluously made by God. There's nothing God would take and create that is ugly. There's nothing God would take and create. In ministry, people feel inferior because they are just paying attention to a certain aspect of ministry. A certain aspect of ministry. I've told you here before that there are things that determine your level in, in, in God. It's not just the gift. Somebody can be born again today and have 20 gifts operating. It doesn't mean the person occupies a very high position where the things of God are concerned. It's not just gifts. It's how much of the presence of God you carry. And that comes from your closest life. 
and also what you have overcome. Just like how you, you are promoted in school when you overcome that exam. When you overcome things in life. You are promoted. So some of the fathers in the system who seem to command large territories in the spirit is because they fought things. They've overcome things. What have you overcome? Yeah. You know that story, Archbishop went to one of the tertiary institutions. I think they had a joint program and he was the speaker. And you know, just like how we have KCN chairman and UCF president and things, the papa of the land was walking with him. And somebody behind said, Papa! He was referring to the student papa. When you are working with Archbishop, you don't... So when he said, Papa, Archbishop 10, and the guy said, Oh, is this... Is the small papa. Archbishop 10, he didn't turn to the one who said, turn to this one. You call yourself papa. What have you suffered in life? What have you seen? What have you overcome? To call yourself a papa. <laughs> the things you overcome are stepping stones to another level in God. When temptations are flowing, you left, right, center. It's like getting a referral in an exam. You are marking time. You are not moving forward. People feel inferior in ministry because they are paying attention to certain things. And most of the time, those things are not even defining. It will shock you that if God should pick the most anointed man in Ghana, you will be somebody we've never seen before. Somebody in some village somewhere doing things. I read the Bible, I realize that God's definition of greatness is completely different from what we think greatness is. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have said, of all men born of women, the greatest was John the Baptist. What is great about him? Even headache, he couldn't heal. The Bible made a clear that he, he didn't work no miracles. He didn't even leave it to our imagination that maybe he did and it wasn't recorded. He said he didn't do any miracle. Come on, people have come. Powerful people have come. We've seen Moses. We've seen Elijah. Whose dead body crack could raise the dead? Dead body raising his bones. Corpse could raise the dead. We've seen Elijah calling down fire left, right, center. John the Baptist, why would he say John the Baptist is the greatest? He should tell you that God's definition of greatness is completely different from our definition of greatness. Even his clothes, there was nothing to write home about. Camel skin, his diet, locust and wild honey. Just that today he will fry the locust, tomorrow he will boil some, next day he will do locust kebab. Nothing to write home about. Yet, he said, of all men born of women, this guy is the greatest. It should let us redefine and rethink what our thinking of greatness is. It will shock you that if God comes to this church and wants to pick the one who pleases him most in this church, he will bypass the front row. You, you may be shocked. <laughs> you bypass the front row. <laughs> front row now, is she? <laughs> so look, look at your strengths. Don't focus on other people's strengths and use that to judge yourself. In education, eh? There's no dull person. The reason why some people seem to do better than others is because we've chosen just one style 
of determining intelligence. What our educational system is doing is that it's like you are judging a monkey by its ability to swim. So if you put a monkey in the pool with a dolphin, it will look like the monkey doesn't know anything. But change the field and say, now we are judging all of you by your ability to climb trees. And suddenly the tables are going to turn. Hallelujah. It's all because, you see, our educational system just favors a certain kind of intelligence. A certain th- intelligence is not just one. It's not just ability to retain things and, and, and reproduce or ability to analyze. There are a lot of different aspects of intelligence. That's what the Montessori system is supposed to do. Now Montessori, normally Jessica Keke. They'll say Montessori, but when you go, it's the same old Ghana, eh, what do you call it, that they do. The Montessori system is supposed to be able to pick people's abilities and teach them along those lines and develop their skills along those lines. That's, that's what the, Monte, the real Montessori system is supposed to do. If I was Minister of Education, I would change our educational system. So I'll change it. I will overhaul it. Because what we are doing now is that we are judging monkeys by their ability to swim. Form of... <laughs> Form of <identifier>. <laughs> <laughs> Now, let me give you four categories of opinions people can have of you. Four categories of opinions. So sometimes you hear, this is what people think of me. What are the four categories? Category one is that you will hear truths that you are aware of. That the thing they are saying is the truth and you are aware of it, you know. Recently, I had a, a, a chat with a certain gentleman. People had all sorts of opinions about him. People had come to see me about this and that. I called him and had a chat with him that this and this and this and this and this is what is going on. So go and sit and do some introspection. Now, some of them you know is true. Others you may not be aware of and all of that, but see the thing very well and let us talk. So some, some are truths that you yourself you are aware of. It may be weaknesses that you know you have. Those are some of the things you will hear. Number two, truths that you are not aware of. That means the thing is true, but you are not aware. And you are not aware of it probably because you are deluded or you simply haven't paid attention to it. There are things we do that are wrong. They are disrespectful, but probably because of our upbringing, we don't know they are like that. The environment you, you grow up in is very important. The friends you keep very important. It shapes you in ways you can't imagine. If we take, we have a survey right now, and we take a group of maybe six close friends, females, and we all ask them to write out their opinion of what a handsome guy is, it will shock you that they will sound similar because they are close friends, they discuss things, they watch movies together. 
So when a guy comes, they, they, they know the one they will do. Oh. <laughs> so gradually, their <laughs> opinions are shaped by the people that are around them. Maybe you look at the person and they are saying, they're all in your head, grandma, all driving. But the more they do it, you begin to see the all. So, okay, he has blonde hair. Okay, he's wearing an earring. Say mercy. <laughs> So, there may be truths that you are not aware of. You hear things. It may be the truth. But you are not aware of. You are, you are, you are not consciously aware. That that is what you do. That is why we must be open to what others say. Hallelujah. Not that you are defined by what others say, but you must be open to it. Because there may be things you are doing that are wrong. And you don't know. There are some people when they are told they are proud, they are shocked. I mean proud. They said those who are proud, they like saying, me, I'm very humble. <laughs> and those who cannot be trusted, every time they are talking, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. And when you say it too many times, we begin to wonder, is there a reason why we shouldn't trust you? <laughs> is there a reason why we shouldn't trust you? So there may be truths that you are not aware of. So be open to, 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 to what you hear. Be open to what you hear. Recently, I was dealing with a certain gentleman that people had, had the, like, people, people say he's proud. But in his mind, he's a very humble guy. Like, he believes he's humble. He believes he's humble. How do you see that? There are certain actions that send certain messages to people, and they conclude. The third category is distorted truths. So, the thing is true, but it has been distorted distorted truths Ghana we like distorting things information <laughs> you are not thinking where I'm thinking distorted information when a nice sentence turns into shubi 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 <laughs> those of you who didn't go to Lakeside Marina you don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> A nice sentence, though. When it came out, shoop, 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 shoop. Hey! <laughs> Black, everything cool. <laughs> you know, but I, I, I loved his comeback on the day. You see, the end of a matter is what matters. You were laughing at the show, but when it came to the brute force of the tag of war, no man could stand before him. The advantages of carrying speakers, it builds your spiritual muscles, your physical muscles, and also builds you mansions in heaven. <laughs> so there are distorted truths. Or some of the things, they are true, but they've been distorted. Human beings who are idle, eh, they like to look at things and create stories around them and propagate them as if it was the truth. And that is one thing you need to be aware of in life. Idle human beings. Visionless human beings. People who don't have anything doing with their hands and their lives. They like to sit and look at situations. They will not investigate. And nowadays, that's how the bloggers, the lazy bloggers we have in the system are. 
they are quick to want people to watch their videos they place on the net and to like and to share recently apparently there was a whole demonstration somewhere in Idra ended up in two people being killed and later when they found out the reason why the demonstration was even took place was wrong somebody posted some wrong information distorted truth it's not like the thing is a lie completely but it's a truth that has been distorted and it's as good as a lie it's as good as a lie people sit afar and assume this person and this person are going out meanwhile you're not going to ask them are you going out or your brother and sister or you are believing God you just assume and you propagate it and, and like it is a fact oh but I know no I have not asked distorted truths maybe they are now trusting God maybe they are now searching and you know studying each other but you have assumed that they are going out just because they walk together after church just because he gives her a lift just because he goes to visit her just because she invites him to come and eat lunch in the house Christian sisters can invite Christian brothers to come and eat lunch I mean it is a very powerful thing hallelujah now Christian brothers they come and eat lunch that is not the license to start thinking that she likes me she likes me it is just lunch come and eat and go hallelujah it's a brotherly thing. Breaking of bread is a very, very powerful spiritual thing to do. But if you are breaking bread with one particular person all the time, it becomes suspicious bread breaking. <laughs> it becomes suspicious. You see, that is why we need to be conscious of what impressions we are sending out there. A gentleman, if you know you don't like the lady, spend too much time with her because you see people have different love languages time spent is somebody's love language for somebody it is when you hold her hand for somebody it is when you give her gifts for somebody it is when you give words of affirmation what's the last one they are supposed to be five acts of service so every day can I go and buy you lunch Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday what you are saying for her, it's like you are saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. No, you've not opened your mouth to say anything. You need to be conscious of what message you are sending to people. Otherwise, you create trouble. And that kind of thing is very rife in the house of God. Because you see, the Christian gentlemen, and most of the time, let me tell you what happens. At the beginning, there is some attraction, but they are not 100% sure. But when you feel that attraction, that is when you must lace it with some discipline. Say discipline. You may feel like visiting the person. You may feel like spending 10 hours with the person. But as you are doing that, you are sending a message that you are not ready to send. So you have to be disciplined. When you feel like, Charlie, text it, text it, text it. You bind that thing and put the phone somewhere. Because if you are left alone, according to how you are feeling, you text it 12 times a day. And that alone is a sermon that you have preached well. Hallelujah. Beware of what messages you are sending to people. 
what non-verbal communication is going on. So you visit her, you do this, 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 this. And then the next time, you say, oh, sister, so, so, and so. God has blessed me with a, a beautiful damsel. Damn what? You expect her to be fine. And come and sit by you again in church. And after church, say, come and eat lunch. No, lunch, they chop. A guy, her cooking skills have dried up. She won't cook for you again. And I don't understand it. When it gets to that point, the gentlemen come and they're like, oh, but I didn't say anything. You don't have to say anything. Actions speak louder than words. It's as simple as that. And it's all because boys are not disciplining themselves. Most of the time, it starts as infatuation. Infatuation, there two is three is one month. Never. Deal with the infatuation well. When you feel like texting 12 times, limit it to two. Because you are not ready to make that statement yet. You haven't tested the thing with time. Me, when I saw that I like Mami Fat, I took eight months. Uh-huh. Me, I know where I'm going. I don't just go and say, come and let's go. And you ask me. You're going say, Chaleo, dear young Eight months of discipline. Say discipline. Look, those times, WhatsApp and things were not there like that. We were in BQ. We were, we were both in BQ. Medical students also. You know BQ, are students still in BQ now? No. Oh, so you don't know BQ. BQ was like a square like that. And the middle was the open court. I was in the corner of one square. And she was in the corner of the other square. Like that. So it's just a matter of 10 steps. And I'll be by her door. Somebody say discipline. Uh-huh. You feel like going to sit there and sharing the word of God and having fellowship, but discipline. And she had a friend on the, what do you call it, our floor, that she used to come and visit. When I hear her voice on the floor, then I open the window and look at her. Because I want to go to the room, but if you go too much, I say, oh, come me. But you need to be sure of the thing you want to say first. Somebody say discipline. You, you need to be conscious of what message you are sending to people. Who do men say that I am? <laughs> oh, when you feel like texting, or you text. Are you there? Have you eaten lunch? Can I go and buy you lunch? How was school? You can see she wants to sleep. You send a text message to take two hours for a reply to come. Suddenly, so you're off. <laughs> you're you waiting for the reply, and the reply is not coming. I where still when you see the thing has taken too blue and the response is not coming. My god, what a shock! <laughs> you, whatever you are doing, you need to be conscious of what people are thinking. I'm telling you. You need to be conscious. Any relationship between a male and a female, at any point in time, the two of you should be able to define the relationship. If at any point in time you can't tell who, what you are, there's something wrong somewhere. At any point in time, you should be able to say, we are friends. Or we are going out. Or we are in the process. 
of going out or, or getting to the point where we are going out. What people think is important. It's important. The Bible says we should flee from all appearances of evil. Not just evil. When the thing appears like evil, run away. Recently during the Euros, one Muslim guy went to sit for a press conference and there was beer in front of him. He pushed it away. Because their religion doesn't support drinking alcohol. And millions of pictures will be taken to be circulated. It's not a good brand for him. So he pushed it away. There was some party attendance some time ago. They put me on the high table. And the kind of drinks that were in front of me. Whiskey, this, that, that. Big, big one. So obscuring my view. I found an excuse and God. Nowadays with internet and things like that. The picture was circulate. Just a man of God now. They have laid a table before him in the presence of his enemies. No, 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 no. I know deep within me that I'm not drinking it, but I won't give you the chance to even suspect. And that is how our mentality should be. You shouldn't be like, oh, God knows my heart. It's the truth. God knows your heart, but human beings will never know your heart. It is what you show them on the outside that they will use to judge you. It is what you show them on the outside that they will use to, to determine whether they will listen to what you are saying or not. When you've not even done anything to give them the, the chance to say things, they are creating things. I've told you this one before. When I was in, in medical school, I had a friend. We were all in CMA. She was a very good friend. She was like a, a little sister to me. And she used to come and visit me. She was in Kotu, BQ. She come and visit me. Oh, we chat. We were always talking, you no know, spiritual things. She was in a relationship with somebody outside. When they're having issues and things, girl, oh, she'll come and see me. This and I tell her, no, do this. And that was the kind of relationship we had. Like somebody and a small sister. The fact that she used to come and visit me. And then combined with the fact that there was a day we had a half night. And a prophet came to minister. She was, she was fair. The prophet was ministering to her. And I was president at that time. He turned to the president. He said, President, let me prophesy to you. <laughs> he said, well, what I'm going to say, he said, you will marry a fair lady. <laughs> he said, you will marry a fair lady. You know, that's why you must know God for yourself. That some prophecies, when they come, they bounce off your spirit. They just bounce. It's like table tennis. You smash, I smash back. Take your thing. <laughs> it just bounces off. I don't have anything against fair ladies, but I knew I'll marry a fair lady. So I was like, okay, fair also means beautiful. So it means I'll marry a beautiful lady. That's it. So people in the crowd assume, oh, if he was prophesying to a fair lady and stopped in the middle and came to prophesy to Prezi, that you will marry any affair. And this is somebody who was my friend. So somebody sat and concocted a story that there are idle and useless people in this world. People who don't have anything to do. No vision in life. No vision in life. Concocted a story that I and this thing started when finally I started going out with my wife. That me, I convinced her to break up her relationship with the guy who was abroad. And even after convincing her to break up with him, I dug her and went 
for and so now I've left her hanging and this is what the Christian brothers do and the interesting thing is that I didn't know this was what was circulating behind me I was still going around preaching and things and there were people in the congregation like look at him you you are our fellow you know there's something like the sister code you know girls they support each other <laughs> when they feel that a guy has done something like we all come together and we are against it's, it's an evil thing stop it listen to the matter and dissect it well before you take sides they say you're broken and something hey, 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 he's broken and sister that's how they are who are the day that's how they are show me i was going around preaching ministering to people those who didn't have this information were receiving nicely but those who were in there with that kind of mentality that's why what people think of you is important it can block the progress of your ministry and the impact you can make i never got to know about this until after like two or three years after i left school and you know how i got to know somebody who were in medical school with came to our house and our wedding album was on the center table so she picked the wedding album and was looking through and she saw this lady sitting at the gift table like the custodian of gifts they're like hey how come she she was at your wedding i was like ah why she's my friend like she's like a sister to me why wouldn't she be there she's like uh hey i was like uh hey that means there's something tell me it's like there's nothing i said you will tell me before you leave this place today She, what she had she didn't think it would be possible for her so she told me that this was the information going round. oh my poor innocent soul immediately i picked a phone and called her as i said they say i i i broke your heart too <laughs> yes i told you to say we just laughed over it but the thing paid me this is somebody who's she's married to the guy now the one she was outside with Recently, they came from a broker. They came to sow seed of $1,000 in my life. You understand? Yes, you can clap. You can clap. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> but somebody has sat somewhere and concocted a story. That's the fourth kind of information, which is lies. Absolute lies. There's a difference between misinformation and disinformation. With misinformation, it's like a mistake. Like, shubi, 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 it's, 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 a, it's a mistake. But disinformation, it is with the intent of creating evil. And today, anybody creating evil news about you, may the Lord himself deal with the person. May the Lord himself twist the person's mouth. Or it's too wicked, eh? Should I come down small? <laughs> no, because... Some, some one thing somebody can say about you can just destroy a lot of things. But you see, the truth will always vindicate you. You will never have people 100% saying the right things about you. People will distort truths. People will say all sorts of things that are not true. But God will come through for you eventually. The truth will always speak eventually. And my prayer for you is that if somebody has done that to you, may you find it in your heart to forgive the person. Because the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. God himself will let things be orchestrated such that your reputation will be repaired. That image of yours that has been distorted will be repaired in the name of Jesus. 
And today I pray that you have a consciousness about you. That you are ambassador of Jesus Christ. You are a representative of heaven. That you'll be careful how you live, how you talk, how you treat people. Because people's opinion of the kingdom of God depends on what you are presenting. Paul said you are an epistle of Christ. You are a letter, an open letter that people are reading all the time. May God give you the grace to be a worthy ambassador of Jesus. In Jesus' name have we preached. Amen. Shall we put our hands together for the Lord? Trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Someone overflow!